This is Amber Barnes of Conscious Capitalism Northern Nevada, and you're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry is the wealth protection diva and CEO of Sage International Inc., a leading provider of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies. Celebrating 24 years in business, Sage International is proud of the consistent role they play in supporting the economic engine driving this country, small business, the backbone of America. And now, here's Sherry. As human beings, we have been fascinated with everything, ourselves, each other, the seas, the skies, the inconceivably small and large. And yet, our fascination with outer space seems particularly significant because it is humanity's least explored frontier and our desire to go where no one has gone before. Today, we possess a staggering amount of information about the Earth, and while there is still a lot to discover, the planets in our solar system and the immensity of our universe represents a mysterious yet tempting new territory to explore. After this short break, I want to talk with my guest, Rocket Tom Terramina, who spent 14 years at Mission Control Houston during Gemini and Apollo. We'll be right back. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show. I have special guests with me today because we're going to talk about outer space and lots of other cool things. My first guest is Rocket Tom Terramina, who spent 14 years at Mission Control in Houston and also Brad Haddock, who was an engineer and manager in the aerospace industry for at least 30 years, but you did 21 missions at Mission Control. So you guys are as close to rocket scientists as I'll ever know. <laughs> yeah, I, I would think so. We've, we've been ordained as rocket scientists. There you go. People keep calling me that. But no, you're an engineer, always an engineer, Always right? an engineer. So way back when, you know, you were involved very early on with let's send a man to the moon. I was in high school and I heard JFK say we're going to the moon by the end of this decade. Uh, he was talking to me. That was dialogue between he and I. And on my 19th birthday, I packed up my little car in New York City and headed to Houston and put myself to, through school, got a job and pestered enough people at Mission Control until I got a job there. Spent the next 14 years evolving a career in mission control. So Brad, were you part of that? As a youngster in the time frame that Tom was first there, that's when the seeds were planted. I got to see interviews on TV with John Glenn and all that sort of thing. So I think the seeds were planted there and I pretty much did the same thing. I decided that I have to be an engineer or I have to be a scientist or something to find my way into this business. And I was lucky enough to get the help of companies that I was working for at the time to get into school and make that happen. And then, of course, later on, the push to build a space station was somewhat more diffused than the discussion and the speech from JFK. But you could see where it was all going. We were going to establish a permanent presence in orbit around the Earth, and we certainly have done that. In 2009, uh, we accomplished that objective, so. I'm 
I really feel like one of the most blessed people in the country because I had that initial motivation to be part of it. And then when I got there, it was, we were inventing things every day. We were inventing, I was writing process procedures that had never been written before. And we were building equipment that had never been thought of before. And so during that 14 years, there was this continual evolution from the most primitive, I mean, the computers were calculators, let's call a spade a spade. And then when I left, they were just getting to something that resembled maybe a, a TRS-80 computer. <laughs> before I left in 1980. But I didn't really understand during that time that we were just doing what we were trained to do. And that was to document what we do, train on it over and over again, do simulations, evaluate the results, make changes based on the empirical data that we got. And that has been the gift that I have had in seeing that we took thousands and thousands of people from scores of companies and governmental agencies and we were working on one mission all working on it together and th that has not been replicated since and that that's the lesson that's what I've been doing for the last 40 years that seems interesting and that's one of the things I've often said about our state and our nation where is that big goal where is this thing that we can all get behind and work on and we only see it at certain times in our you know nation when we have big disasters where people will rally around and be American but let's talk about from that initial technology and infrastructure and everything that was built and then going forward has you know really impacted the way that we do pretty much everything in, around the world absolutely the early on of course it was tang and space pens that were widely touted as the product of the space program. But the suits that the astronauts wore became bases for the new firemen's suits because we invented new materials. Tang was terrible as, uh, as a product, but it, it said we invented something for space that actually we can actually use uh, terrestrially. And then since then, since I left NASA in 80, the evolution has just been exponential in research and in discovery. And when we talk later about the space station, every day they're making breakthroughs and nobody knows we're doing it. It goes out into the world as a noise level instead of being how we run our country. And the big lesson there for every business person is if you have an objective and you're committed to it, and you follow, the, you follow the plan that we followed for Project Apollo, which just so happens to be documented in my 12th book. It was rocket science, foreseeable risk, a good one too. But the plan, the steps that we took to get to the moon are the exact same steps we need to use to pick another goal, whether it's medicine, whether it's economy, whether it's world hunger, and use the same model. It's there, it's proven, and we just don't do it. Well, but you keep saying that, but how come it isn't happening? I mean, that, that's the big question for me. Why are there still hungry children? Why are there still uh, nations that can't support themselves? You know, I spent a huge amount of time in the nonprofit world, and it's like, when do we ever actually get to solve something? We thought we solved polio, and then you have people that refuse to give their children the vaccination, and here comes polio again. So I think maybe some of it is frustration. We keep throwing time and energy and money at it, 
but it's only a small collection of people focused on that one issue. You couldn't be more on the money with that because there are only a handful of people anymore who have the nerve and the will to do that, to say failure is not an option. Gene Kranz told me that to my face when I was a young engineer at NASA. He said, you are not going to hurt an astronaut, not on my watch, and we're going to get to the moon. And the, the fellow, the astronaut that wrote the uh, forward for it was rocket science was the Capcom uh, during Apollo 13 and he says he's always asked the same question what would happen if you couldn't get them back safely he said the thought never entered my mind that's what's missing from our, our entire society now is we we're working you're working with nonprofits I'm working with startups and all they see is their their narrow view of whatever it is they're trying to accomplish, and there's never any uh, any thought given to this, does this better mankind? Do uh, gift cards on the internet better the human race? I just got through at the Sontag Award judging, and I I mean they were all great people, but there was nothing profound in what they wanted to accomplish. But the money doesn't seem to follow profound. <laughs> Money seems to follow disruptive or what's interesting or, and so yes, I'm always a little bit shocked where people spend their time and their energy and what they're focused on and, and ask that same question. How does that improve the planet or people or any of it? So it's it's kind of interesting. We're talking about what was, right? We, we sent a man to the moon, brought him back, and so when we go into our next segment, I want to talk about what is today. And Brad, you'll have more input on that because you were part of the International Space Station and what's going on there. But a final thought on what we accomplished. What we accomplished was establishing the fact that when you challenge Americans to the most outrageous, outlandish goals, we will do it. As if we work together in that same symbiotic environment that we created for Apollo. And we did that serendipitously. I don't remember someone teaching us how to do that, but when I started writing books about it many years later, after the Apollo 13 movie, it's, it's so simple, it's so easy. There's, there's nine steps to it, and it's not as bad as withdrawing from alcohol. It's, it's withdrawing from, from being self-centered and profit, everything's about profit, everything's about cutting costs, and if you do it right, they will come. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we have to go to break. We come back, we're gonna pick up on this interesting conversation with Tom and Brad. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening combines expert craftsmanship, attention to detail, and state-of-the-art materials to deliver a precision fit of heat repellent technology. SunTech Solar Screening adds comfort and style to your home all summer long. Call for a free estimate and you'll feel the difference immediately just by holding up the SunTech solar screen. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech solar screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech solar screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech solar screening. Sage International Incorporated is proud to be celebrating 23 years in business. We believe if you know the way, you must light it for others. Owning a business can be hard, demanding, and even bizarre. 
At Sage International, our passion centers on education, which is based on our own experiences of building a company from scratch, along with the insights gained from the thousands of clients we have served. If you are a business owner, real estate investor, professional or entrepreneur, and not sure how to properly structure your business and personal assets to safely grow, protect, and leverage your hard-earned wealth from the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and estate taxes, then call Sage International Incorporated at 775-786-5515 to schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry Hill today. That's 775-786-5515. Call Sage International. Buying investment real estate. Getting the right mortgage is a critical part of your decision. This is Lou Carr, branch manager of Summit Funding in Sparks, Nevada. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be the best investment purchase you'll ever make. How do you go about it? First, get pre-approved with a mortgage lender like Summit Funding. Then, find the right property at the right price. Summit Funding is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit summitfunding.net slash L-C-A-R-R or call 775-626-0775 for personal service. This is Lou Carr from Summit Funding, NMLS number 258750. Our branch NMLS number is 1042857. Summit Funding's NMLS number is 3199. Thank you. Summit Funding is an equal housing lender. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show. I have special guests, Rocket Tom Terramina and Brad Haddock, who both spent uh, many years through Mission Control in Houston. And Brad, you were an engineer and a manager in the aerospace industry for many years. I want to talk about the fact that the International Space Station is making major breakthroughs in science, medicine, food, and human evolution on nearly a daily basis. You mentioned that but the average citizen is unaware of how profoundly their lives and world are changing as a result of the scientific research on the International Space Station. So I'm pretty sure everyone's heard of the International Space Station. Of course, many countries contribute into it, but Brad, what would you like to share with us about how important it is to us as human beings to have it? I wanna key off of something that you just said. The first thing is, is that not quite as many people know about International Space Station as you would think. As opposed to the Apollo missions, they were on TV in front of us every day. Space Station is surprising, you know, uh, when I have somebody into my man cave and and a lot of memorabilia is hanging around in there, and they look at it and uh, I said, are you familiar with International Space Station? About half of them don't have a clue what I'm talking about. I think it's important to get that elevated back to the level of the Apollo missions. And when you do that, the science that's going on up there is gonna, it's just gonna pop. It's, it's, everybody's gonna be seeing it. And the science that's going on up there is science that's not achievable in terrestrial labs, mainly because of the absence of gravitational influences. We can grow crystal structures on space station that we can't grow on the planet because as crystal structures evolve in an environment here on the planet, 
they're affected by gravity. Having the absence of gravitational disturbances on space station allows us to do a lot of things that we can't do. Uh, plant growth, how plants grow in zero G is very, very different. Dr. Don Pettit, uh, who is one of the astronauts and a friend of mine, used to have a blog that he did every day talking about his little friends, the plants that are growing on station. And if more people could be exposed to to some of those things, I think they would gain a much greater appreciation for the science that's going on up there right now. Well, don't you think, though, Neil deGrasse, who is the astrophysicist, has really brought back for young people, I think, this ability to really dream about landing in the stars, but just learning how they affect everything we do here. So I think he's been a great influence on the young people. Maybe it's the middle generations that kind of missed out. What do you think? Well, absolutely. And the, the issue, I mean, you know my long history as a management consultant, and everybody that's ever run a company has gone to some seminar or workshop and gotten all wound up about what they're going to do when they get home and that when they get back to the office, it's business as usual. You know, we'll talk about the challenger learning uh, later on in the program, but the same metaphor is that they hear about it, but then there's no follow-up. If you don't immediately have a program in place to take the information and say, this affects you because the shot you just got would not have been there if we hadn't done the research in space station. That's what's missing. Some of the protein growth, uh, protein crystalline protein growth that's going on on space station right now is exactly what Tom just said. There are therapies that are coming down from, from things that we've discovered on station that wouldn't be possible otherwise. There have been discoveries on space station in zero G that have taught us how to do the same thing on Earth, which is really cool because then you know, you don't have to establish a factory out in low Earth orbit in order to do the same thing because we discovered something up there that allows you to grow that same phenomenal therapy in a dish here on the planet. We talked about earlier in the first segment how people have a goal or a vision together, but I mean, it, that's why it's called the International Space Station because it really is a global effort. Yeah, and it's been interesting because like Tom said in talking about Apollo, you know, we all got together around JFK's imperative and we established a direction. Establishing a direction in the international community has been a little bit more difficult. There are a lot of other agendas out there, but even through all that, we were able to establish the most important thing, and, and that is the vision, to get what is it that we're going to do, and the vision that we're going to do. And then all the things that fall from that vision, we're at least able to get everybody on the same page, all the, all the different countries that have uh, participated in it, uh, rallying around that vision. It's a substantial accomplishment in itself. And of course, you know, for those that are, have been paying attention to the Mars rover and all the cool shots coming back, and we see little blips in the paper on occasion, and it's just, you know, reminds us of how, you know, we're spinning around on a little dust ball here. <laughs> <laughs> and all that, all that eclectic <laughs> stuff is wonderful, but the problem is we are in such huge information overload today because we can instantly communicate with any place in the world. When a bomb goes off in London, you can see it the same instant here. Uh, the young folks' life is, if you're not texting or, or doing whatever they do, it doesn't exist. And there's tons and tons of information moving across your, through your wheelhouse every day. And how do you absorb all? 
all that. So this is noise, this stuff about what's going well, on but, in the space. But station. what can I actually do? I mean, I can't just go get in a spacecraft and go fly out to the moon. So meanwhile, it's interesting and, of course, can be inspiring for a lot of young people. What really can I do with this information? When, when the rover sends back photos of Mars, it's fascinating, but what do I do with it? Exactly. And the answer to that, and we'll talk again, talk about it with the Challenger Learning Center, is the fact that you have created a, a number of opportunities for the younger folks and something will click. Something's going to say, that is really cool. I want to do something about it. And if we don't provide the, the learning environment to immediately, I don't want to put public school system down any more than it puts itself down, but we, we don't respond immediately to that youngster that says, wow, I'm I want to be a nuclear physicist or I just went to the doctor and I had this incredible machine and I want to be part of that. Then, then they move on to the next thing right. that they see five minutes later. So it's the follow-up. It's, it's taking, looking at the pictures from Mars and saying, holy cow, we did that. And after, probably after our, my lifetime anyway, we say, holy cow, there's a guy standing on Mars. Well, but I guess my question is, we're not dreaming big enough. See, when I think of everything that's being invented and developed, that my refrigerator now knows when I'm out of milk, that doesn't really <laughs> excite me. And sends you a text message. <laughs> right? To go, what if somebody said, okay, great, let's focus the same resources, money, and energy, and talent, and skills on what do we do with this information that we're receiving from these deep space probes that we're firing out there to go, here's something in the future that you could be working on. Who's, who's that visionary? It does not exist, especially after this last election. Well, what about Elon Musk? Well, Elon is, is a visionary. He's an act, he takes action, and he is, quite frankly, flying by the seat of his pants, uh, been told by his right-hand man that he, that is all, I'm gonna do it, I made up my mind. And just as in Apollo, the people that work for him would probably work for free just to be able to be part of that energy field. Mm -hmm. And so he's created it in cars, he's creating it in the uh, private sector development of, of space. But again, the question is, where is someone that's, that says, I want to end global hunger? That's the mission. Okay, folks, here's the mission plan. Here's the vision. Here's the value set. Here's the metric. And we're going to do that because we need that if we're going to colonize Mars. And we need to colonize Mars because we're going to run out of we're going to run out of natural resources on Earth. So it's a complete circle. But there's no one standing up in front of the cameras saying, "By gosh, we're going to Mars." And we are. And it's 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 you know, it's it's being done. We're developing the spacecraft. We haven't conquered cosmic rays yet. That's the big hold, but hold up is not killing them on the way to Mars with cosmic rays. But we'll, we'll fix it. We'll solve it. We, we, if we have the vision to do something like going to Mars, we're going to solve propulsion issues. We're going to solve food issues. We're going to solve uh, energy issues. And all of a sudden, those will become the spinoffs. And we won't be fighting over oil, gas, fracking. Nuclear weapons. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But there's no JFK out there delivering right. that vision anymore. Right. That 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 person does not exist in our society right now. No. And and if he did, it, to me, it was, it's like if, if if God came back down to earth and said, "I'm God," there'd be somebody on CNN saying, "No, I don't think so." That's uh, 
we haven't got reliable sources. <laughs> right. All right. Well, we blew through this show, so hopefully our listeners will tune in next week because we're going to pick up this conversation. I want to talk about the Nevada Challenger Learning Center and some other great things that are going on with regards to space and opportunity and what's going on. So Brad, thank you for being here. Tom, thank you for being here. You're gonna come back because we didn't finish this conversation. Cherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station for the Sherry Hill Show. Buying investment real estate is a big decision. Getting the right mortgage is critical. This is Michelle Holbert, NMLS 184194 and MLB 3723 from Caliber Home Loans. With today's extremely affordable mortgage interest rates, you have the opportunity to step into what could be your best investment purchase of a lifetime. When you find the right property at the right price, you'll need to be pre-approved for your mortgage to lock in your deal with the seller. Caliber Home Loans is ready to talk with you about getting a mortgage to purchase real estate. Visit www.michelleholbert.com or call 775-284-1922. This is Michelle Holbert from Caliber Home Loans. Caliber Home Loans, located at 6530 South McCarran Boulevard, Reno, Nevada, 89509. Equal housing lender. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International, 775-786-5515.